Hey everyone, Chris here from Composite Community. I'm joined in the studio today with Adam Finlay. Uh, I've known Adam for a number of years now and I think he has a pretty unique story that I'd like to share with everyone. Adam, thank you for coming in and taking time from uh, luxurious Camp Island. <laughs> no problem, mate. Good to be here. <laughs> um, so, Adam, in your own words, uh, how long have you been in the industry? Yep, so about 10 years in the fishing industry. Mm-hmm. Um, started off as a deckhand, worked our way up to a skipper and then moved up in sizes of boats. And then, um, yeah, now we're in a 37-foot boat range. And, and the operation that you got now. go bigger. So how did it all start, mate? Let's go back to let's go back to the beginning. So basically, I always wanted to be a guide um, all through schooling. Um, just never had the confidence. I don't think up until I was about thirty. Um, oh, you don't only look a day over over thirty. Seventy-four. Now, <laughs> yeah, it's it's, a, it's an easy life, I tell you. No, but um, yeah, so I didn't have the confidence when we left school. Um, so I got in the casino industry, and then over time realised it wasn't what. I wanted to do and wanted to work for myself so then eventuated and slowly moved into the barra side and started guiding in the barra um and then now doing offshore stuff as well so we've got got two boats and so fished a fair bit as a kid yeah so i grew up in the torres straits so i spent the first seven years of my life up in murray island Mm -hmm. um yes i was all fishing from from 18 months old onwards, basically. Had a uh, island grandma used to row me out on a, on a boat and uh, fish on the edge of the reef there. And picturing, picturing Moana right now. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. So, modern day. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was pretty cool. And um, yeah, always loved it. And dad was a school principal, so we'd always have uh, weekends off and, and fish every weekend, so. Beautiful place to grow cool. up in. It was awesome, yeah. Yep. Yeah, pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Pretty untouched up there. Yeah. Mm. And then you yeah. come here. And, and then I come here and there's people everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So you, um, when did you move here, sorry? So I was seven when we come back to Townsville. Yeah. And we've been in Townsville since. Yeah. Um, yeah. Continued fishing when you got back here? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So dad originally was from Proserpine, the Sundays, and um, fished a lot of barra and threadfin salmon down there. Um, so we just sort of made that into what we do around Townsville and mm-hmm. and learnt and learnt and mm-hmm. yeah, so you fish a fair bit with your dad yeah so yep. 90, 99% of my fishing up until I was about 17 I'd say was with dad mm-hmm. um, and then yeah moved into camping with mates and then fishing by ourselves or with other mates and just learning and yeah, yeah. obviously spent a fair bit of time actually fishing in order to want to become a guide lots yeah so all my spare time so even the casino days we'd finish shift at four o'clock in the morning i'd be on the water by 5 30 no sleep Mm -hmm. uh, two or three days sometimes and just live on red bull yeah um yeah so life hasn't changed that much then not really no (laughs) no not at all just less casino (laughs) good yeah (laughs) wife thinks that too um so did you were you the type of person that wanted to become a guide because you enjoyed fishing or you enjoyed taking people fishing? I think originally, like at the start when I was in the twenties, it was it was more the thought of making money fishing mm-hmm. uh, without having to kill everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, once I started getting into it, it was the realization that it was all about catching fish for other people and just seeing their enjoyment. So this is all before like Facebook and Instagram yeah. days. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. So do you ever take the $11 special with the click and then wind it across to get <laughs> no, any. <laughs> no, no. I haven't got any many old day photos. So, no. no. So no. you wanted to try and make some money off a hobby, basically? Basically, and live a good lifestyle mm-hmm. um, while doing it. Yeah. What um, was it like back then 
um, were there many guides around? So back then, um, there was three or four that we sort of looked up to um, that we knew about. Um, because of no social media and that sort of thing, you didn't know um, these other guides down the East Coast and that you'd only know who was in your area. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a couple we looked up to and, um, yeah. And they were sort of um, species-specific guides? Yeah, yeah. So originally everything was always barra. Mm-hmm. I was always after barra and threadfin. They were just the prime targets. Um, and then we, yeah, when I started decking, I realised how good the reef was and how nice it was out there and slowly yeah. moved to enjoying that stuff. Yeah, so you didn't, through your fishing days and stuff, even with Dad, you didn't do a lot of reef stuff? No, no, more the inshore islands and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, um, yeah, offshore and reef was not, he can't swim, so yeah, uh, he would Lovely. never never want to go out in a bigger boat and do that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Uh, we hire a few fishing boats, uh, charter guides, for the reef stuff, mm-hmm. when I was a young perp, uh, 12, 13 years old, um, we went on a few. Um, instead of sort of going to the show, we'd we yeah. sort of go out there instead of wasting money on the on the Townsville show. We'd yeah. we'd take a charter and go at the reef and enjoy it. But yeah. didn't get that, Dad wouldn't go. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, nah, I'd never got crook. Yeah. Um, I started to in the in the latter days with the big diesel boats. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now now with outboards, yeah. you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Right. So, knowing what you know now to what Adam Finlay thought being a guide was in his head when he wanted to do it as a kid, um, what did you think a, a fishing guide was? Oh, Just a rock star? Yeah, basically. Because <laughs> like, there, there wasn't many as such and the ones that were around were, were pretty bloody good. Yeah. Um, the Townsville region had a few really high-end guides that were world-class. Yeah. Uh, and, and still are. There's still a few still going in their old age so do you reckon um, it fished any better back then oh definitely so mm-hmm. even the difference between five years ago to now um, i started the barra stuff about five years ago um and yeah yeah the difference now to to then is still a big difference and i think a lot of that's to do with pressure mm-hmm. the amount of fishing pressure it gets not the amount of fish i think we've got not far off the same amount of barra that were there five years ago it's got a lot more people that just got fish a lot on. more lures that are getting pegged at them and and yep. A lot of people doing different things and making the schools a bit, bit more temperamental. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yep. So you wanted to live this rock star lifestyle, be on the water every day, getting paid for it, just yep. wind in your hair. Yeah. And yep. then once you realise that you know a, a really good barra boat doesn't have a canopy, yeah. you're in the sun for two hundred days a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you sort of go, well, the reef stuff's pretty good. Yeah. You sit in a nice cabin and yeah, enjoy the breeze and the deck whenever you want. So, so you um, did you make the transition from recreational fish show to guide pretty quick? Like, did you just go, yep, yeah, this is what I'm going to do, and you went yeah, for it? Yeah, so I, for about five years I deckhanded and um, subcontracted and driving barrow boats for other people behind motherships and, and lodges and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Around this area? Uh, no, further north. Okay. Yep. So we did all the way to Princess Charlotte Bay and, uh, and yeah, sort of right. those areas and then out on the motherships out of here, Mackay, uh, Cairns. So you've seen some country. So, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good out there. Mm. So, and it all fishes the same. Like, yeah. Um, it's interesting, the reefs, it doesn't matter whether you go out there or go out north, it's it's all pretty much the same thing. Yeah. They're just bigger versions. So, yeah. Um, but it's pretty nice. Mm. Yeah, there's some good country there. Yeah. And then um, so decking... Uh, just wasn't enough or? Well, the money definitely wasn't there. Um, and I think it's more it's more being behind a business 
making the decisions yourself, talking to the clients yourself, rather than being that that person at the end that's trying to make make the trip good. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can be there at the start and finish, um, I think that's better. I, I enjoy that, and there was never a um, never a worry, and and you, it wasn't like you didn't didn't enjoy having other people's clients. So, um, do you um, do you feel there's a lot of pressure that you had to? No, nah, there was never. It was never a pressure thing on someone else's boat. Um, if anything, it's less pressure. Yeah, because you're not as involved in their business as you are your own. Yeah. Um, but I think you actually learn more as a guide when you're out on your own instead of working under someone else too. Because you've got in the back of your mind, you've got well, if we don't catch fish today, it's still all right. I still mm-hmm. get paid. We'll get more clients. If they're your own clients, um, yeah, you tend to put in that extra. Extra ten percent, twenty percent. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You've got to make it an experience rather than just get fish in the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, did you speak to anyone about starting your own gig? Or yeah, so we, I talked to a few guides um, that had been doing it. Um, I think a lot of a lot of people around the area they had their own little ways and means, and never really want anyone encroaching. Mm-hmm. Um, on their area, so no one was really of any handy, helpful hints on how to get into it or anything, but um, you just basically have to jump in the deep end yep. and start yep. start from scratch and go for it. Yeah. So where did you start? Where did the... So 5.8 metre south wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was another guide's boat for, for many years, um, and that's when we first met, mm-hmm. um, was doing it up, getting it to the stage where it would be a good barrow boat, and... Um, and yeah, yeah, running anywhere from from Bowen to the Whit Sundays, in that just day trips, solely day trips, and then it built up once we got clientele. Um, you know, you get those regulars that want to do two or three days, so we'd we'd go and hire hotels um, mm-hmm. and do that sort of thing, and do two or three days here and there in certain systems and cover all bases. Yeah, so not knowing what's involved in. You know, obviously, I know what's involved in starting a business, but in that sort of industry, is it an easy in, is it an easy industry to enter into? Like I dare yeah, say, there'd be, be honest, a lot of like, no, to red be honest, tape. The no. red tape is more the vessel. Yeah. Um, so you only need a, a coxswain ticket, um, your basic first aid, all that sort of stuff. But the red tapes all around your vessel and AMSA re- requirements. So mm-hmm. um, you've got two options. You build one to survey or you, you buy an older one that's been built for survey. And either or, there's no right and wrong. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of getting the vessel um, properly done and and ready for it. Mm-hmm. And for your needs too, make sure it's you know, personable to your needs. Yeah. So had you fished out of the Southwind much before you started the business in it? No, no, not at all. So I bought it and it sat in my driveway for about a year. Yeah. Um, and I was just slowly plugging at it, plugging at it. And it wasn't until I got a few guys interested in me running it behind motherships uh, for their charters. And then that kicked it off. Yeah. And then went into my own after that. So, yeah. yeah. yeah right. But weapon of a boat. Mm. Yeah. It's always got that little piece of your heart. First <laughs> boat, you know. Um, you still got it? Yeah, yeah, still got it. We ever get rid of it? Yeah, there's there's talk there at the moment. So we're, we're looking at, at maybe putting a, a bigger centre console style in the business. Um, and if that's the case, we'll probably get rid of the little boat. Yeah. Um, but I can see that in years to come, I'll probably have a different version of it. Yeah. Um, the same sort of style of boat. Yeah. They're pretty awesome all yeah. around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, awesome. So did you um, – so when you started out, you 
chipped away at it, you said, or you sort of went gung-ho, you know, like? No, no, so I sort of chipped away with it. So there was always that daunting thought, like after talking to a lot of the guides in the area that, you know, no one would ever sort of welcome anyone into the area. And there'd been a few guides over the years that started up and then closed down within a couple of years. I didn't want to be one of those sort of guys. Um, So, yeah, I just chipped away at it. I was lucky enough that I was involved with a with another company and then had a couple of mates in other companies that I could subcontract out to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 50% of my wage was outside of Townsville. Yeah. Anything in Townsville was just a bonus. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, money when you start up, I think it's like any business, you know, you don't you don't just make 200000 a year straight up. No. So you've got to chip away at it and got to give yourself five years before you can start really cracking out their days um, yep. and, and, and the turnover, so... And this is um, is this when you are under the AFS sports fishing? Yeah, so that's yeah. that's AFS. So we've still got that as yep. as as the little boat. Yeah, that's AFS. Um, yeah, um, and we just plugged away and plugged away with that. And did it? Had it started to feel like a job yet? No, it still doesn't. No. Um, no, even now. Yeah, even now. Yeah, still enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I have this this chat with a lot of people, and they say like, you know, do you do four or five or six fourteen hour days straight? And it's it you can do that because it doesn't feel like a job. Yeah, uh, most people that kill them being being out on the water that long every day. Yeah, but um, now you find your little uh, little wins in every day, and and it's comfortable, and you make it easy for yourself, and yeah, and make each day enjoyable. So the from there it obviously grew into something that could become full time. Yeah. 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 And yeah. what do you base that off? Do you reckon you just chipped away at it long enough and done the right things that it worked? Or oh, do you I think more more the confidence in the local area that, that kicked that in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one as a fisherman, one once you can sort of near on guarantee fish every day, um, that just it kicks your mentality into gear. Um so yeah, you just you just enjoy it and it takes you to another level. Um Fishing's not as hard. You're not thinking as much about fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just about giving the guys a new a, a new experience and a good day. Yeah. Um, and when you could do that regularly without even effort, um, yeah, so it's like a it's trade. Enjoyable. It's enjoyable. Like it's a, basically exactly yeah. like a trade. Like yeah. start yeah. off, learn your ways. Yep. yep. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Stick to what you're good at, type thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you you see that in in everyday tradies mm-hmm. in different different uh, areas in what they do too. So. Yeah, you, you do what you're good at. Yeah. Um, and keep going and build on that, I suppose. Yeah. And mm. for you, that was a lot of inshore stuff? A yeah. Lot of, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of barra fishing. Yeah. Um, it was pretty easy. Yeah. Um, bait and lure? Bait and lure. Yeah. Um, and that's the good thing. Um, if you become a lure guide, then it's very difficult because you will get 100 days a year, you're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, you know, fishers these days think that, you know, if they have two or three bad trips, it's hard, but you, you're going to if you're just a lure fisherman. Mm-hmm. But, you know, knowing those days are going to be hard, catch them live prawn, catch them live mullet, make sure your clients still catch enough fish. Yeah. Uh, that's key for me um, and, and what kept me going. Yeah. I know a lot of lure fishers, even even as guides, you know, they've just got to put a line through the day. You know at lunchtime that it's no not going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I never liked that thought. Yeah. So being able to back it up with, oh, well, let's go have a fish with liveies and catch a couple first. Yeah. And then and then go a little fish and see yep. what we can do. Um, so having having both is the key. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind. Yeah. And do you so do you base that like when someone books with you? Essentially, is it? Do you ask them from the get go? Do you want to fish lure or do you want to fish? Yeah. So yep. I I was always 
uh, I worked under businesses that was, um, how do we say it? Uh, the conversation wasn't there. The c- communication wasn't good. Yep. Um, I never wanted to be like that. I wanted to be able to talk to every single client well before the charter and I'd ring them a week out of the charter, discuss what they want out of the day and then customise it to suit them. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you would get clients that wanted to go up, say, Hinchinbrook and Flick Lewis for the day mm-hmm. and, and you'd just do it. Um, and you'd have those people that were keen to get nothing all day to get that one yes. specific fish yeah, or something definitely. they understood that. And and it's you, you've got to be, you've got to blend into what they want too. Like, you know, you, you think you've got that client on board for the day, but then 10 o'clock comes down, uh, comes around and their shoulders are, are limp, you know, they're, they're struggling a bit. And you just say to them, well, let's go chuck a couple of live baits in a yeah, snag, get a couple right. of barrels for you. <laughs> yeah. And then they're all pumped and positive and then go back to the lure fishing. Yeah. And a lot of the times they Pull a few off lures. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just a matter of kicking that confidence into them. Yeah. Mindset. Um, definitely, 100%. Yeah. And that's 90% of it. Yeah. And how do you feel as a guide, um, your mindset would have to be, you know, like you, the client doesn't know how it fished yesterday. The client doesn't know, you know, at this time of the year with what's been going on, you know, like you know all that. Yeah. Um, do you feel that your mindset is a high percentage of, you know, how successful you'll be? Oh, it has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like you just said, like you don't know what happened yesterday, but but we do. So uh, we have to build every day based on the last week or, or knowledge of, of the past. So, um, and, and barra fishing, it's, it's pretty easy in the fact that what happened two years ago on the same tides with the same winds, they're sitting on the same bend. Mm. So, but it's still uh, an animal, the same and there's every chance you can sit there. Yes, and just for some reason, yeah. you can actually have the. Oh, they're just not hungry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but knowing that, that you know, certain triggers that stop that, um, and trying to be ahead of the game is the key. Yeah. Um, and you're going to have ten percent of your days are going to be a struggle. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. That's yeah. business. Yeah. Um, but if you're you know doing real good for ninety percent of those trips, then and you're well ahead of most people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so you're doing it full time. You're getting a name for yourself. Um, obviously, getting booked out in advance, type thing. To obviously, keep yep. the business going. Um, what made you then want to go bigger, essentially? So, I got involved with uh, Camp Island Lodge. Actually, just did a bit of fishing down there for. Uh, for those people that don't know Camp Island Lodge. Oh, so it's a it's a island that's down in the Burdekin, so it's the most northern Whitsunday Island. Um, it's a little one in Abbott Bay. Um, so you've got Abbott Point Jetty not very far. You've got Cape Upstart there. You've got the reef 26 mile out. Um, it's just an isolated little island by itself. Sounds and there's rubbish. a lodge on there. It's horrible. It is horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a beautiful place. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I fished down there for a bit um, and – the family actually wanted to look at buying the lodge. Mm-hmm. So we, we discussed it, buying it and running it as a fishing lodge. Um, the price was a little bit too much at the time. So we sort of said to the, uh, the owners, you know, we're, we're willing to offer this much. Um, they declined, obviously. It was, you know, a million dollars under what they wanted. Yeah. Um, so they declined that. And then about a year later, the island sold. Um, so a brother-in-law of mine got in touch with the new owners mm-hmm. and, uh, and discussed going down for a weekend just for him and his partner and, um, and 
they got on to chatting and for somehow uh, my number got thrown in there and the owner of the island rang me to see if you to get to involved in, in fishing charters down there. So um, the next weekend they flew up. I, f- I went down with the boat. Uh, we fished the area, caught some fish, had a good time, had a few beers, got in touch with each other and, um, yeah, went built from then. Mm-hmm. Um, they looked at wanting a bigger boat for the island. Um, did they, was it just your boat that was on offer or did the uh, island come with any? So the island has a eight metre barge mm-hmm. as well as a five metre polycraft. Um, they're both in survey. Um, the caretakers are able to drive them with clients on board. So um, it's got that option there. But, but when it comes to like specialist fishing boats, it doesn't have one. You have to hire an external guide. Yeah. Um, well, he's the barge for running stuff back and yeah, yeah, yeah. So doing that, but we've been using it lately as a fishing vessel. Like um, it, it's pretty much a weapon. Yeah, uh, handles <laughs> the chop real good. Does yeah. thirty knots. And, yeah, right. Uh, so when it's empty, you can put six or seven guys on it and, and fish wherever you need to fish. Yeah. So uh, it, it does a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, down there you've got um, flats fishing and shallow coral reefs and stuff like that. So it's nice having a specialist boat. Mm-hmm. And then they wanted something a little bit bigger. So um, so getting onto the island is very tidal. Mm-hmm. Um, the Elliott River is very, very shallow. Um, so their their thoughts were getting a bigger boat, setting it up for a transfer to say Bowen, mm-hmm. picking people up from Bowen and driving it there, or helicopter was the other option, uh, which which happens at the moment. Um, Got your helicopter license? No, no, no. I don't want it either. I'm scared of heights. <laughs> the top of the flybridge is high enough for me on the on the thirty seven footer. <laughs> I get a little wheezy up there already. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we, we thought about that and we, we looked at getting something that was trailable, something around 28 foot, 27 foot, trailable with a truck. And then we decided on this 37 foot Kevlar cat. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when I chatted to him, when we had our original talks, um, we we sort of, we ended up deciding on that. But then we, we sort of figured that Townsville had a better clientele chance Um and that will be booked out anyway out of Townsville, so we may need another boat. Um, but, yeah, so at the moment we're in the stage where the boat's not leaving Townsville because yeah. there was too much work. Yeah. Um, we did, like, 28 days in the first two months this year. Yeah. Um, yeah for right. a reef charter, that's that's pretty unreal. Like, mm. in the past, uh, we've been blessed with weather, so that's that's another factor. But, but yeah, in the past you can do five or six in the first two months. Yeah, doing yeah, 28 or 29, might have been 29 days, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's quite a lot. Yeah. Um, so if that continues when we're allowed to, to up and run yeah. again, then, yeah, the boat's not going to have time to go to Camp Island. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll have to look at a secondary for that. What sort of a run is it from here to Camp Island? 86 mile. Yeah. So that's a, um, yeah, about a three and a half hour run Yeah. if you want to open it up. See some nice coast? Yeah, it is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, down to the Burdekin there, some of that coastline's pretty awesome, hey? Yeah. And you can be like 20 metres off the sand and it's 15 metres deep. Yeah, yeah. Um, where we don't have those beaches around Townsville. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it is quite nice, the yep. coast down there. Um, so, yeah, we may actually go back this weekend. So we might might just go down and have a, have a little wander and a troll all the way down and have yep. a look over it again. Yeah. But it's good and you find little uh, little bays that are isolated and mm-hmm. nice little areas where not many people go. So yep. it's good to have that as well as a backup. Yeah, yeah. 100%. percent mm so the um, so the Kevlar Cat, where did where did that come from? So it was a VMR boat for Prosser Point, Abbott Point. Um, well, so it was pretty close. Yeah, 
Yeah, right. Yeah. And then um, a gentleman bought it in Mackay. Um, it was out of commission as a VMR boat for a year, I think, and then yep. we, we, we bought hold of it. So it just sat in Mackay for a year. Yeah. Um, he used it for, like, personal use or...? Yeah, well, I think they run it once. Yeah, right. Um, he bought it thinking that it'd be a great thing mm-hmm. and never really took it out. So, yep. yeah, so we looked at it. We went and test drove it, um, handled amazingly. Mm-hmm. Um, the smaller versions that we test drove weren't that good. Yeah. But uh, the 3700 uh, eats everything up and it suited us perfectly. So, yeah, yep. we bought it and then become the big rebuild on it. Yeah, sure. Uh, so what did you... Get it back here and then started on that? Yeah, so we drove it back over the course of three days. Um, and then I don't know whether you saw the original photos of all the vessel with the towing poles and all that sort of stuff, but lots of grinding out on the back deck and, and full new fit out. Yeah. Um, so that took a while. It was three or four months on the hard Yeah. doing that. Um, so you basically turned it from something to rescue boats into something to fish out of? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it was a perfect vessel to do it, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So and it was good. It, I think yeah, you appreciate a lot more doing that than just buying one. Yeah. So yeah, yep. it's good. Yeah. So you repowered it. Yeah. So we didn't repair it the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought that the Yammies that were on it would last, mm-hmm. um, and then come two charters or three charters into um, kicking into gear, and and we blew a leg on a Yammy. So we sort of decided, well. Let's let's just repair the whole thing. Yeah. Um, not stuff around. You know, why why spend ten grand to fix it when the other one can go just as quick. So yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we decided to repower and and yeah, best thing we ever did. Yep. Yep. So. Repower, bit of custom work, bit of got the wrap on it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so it looks pretty now. Yep. And running this under Audacity? Yeah, so this is Audacity Charters, yeah. Yeah, the big boat will be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can see in the future we'll just merge everything we have into Audacity. Yeah. That'll just be easier. Yeah. So there may be a thought of just selling AFS with the boat. Mm -hmm. Um, If there's a young young bloke out there that's keen to do it, it's a good heads up for them and a good start. Yeah. Uh, very cheap business Mm -hmm. for what you can do, like, you know, jumping straight into 150 days a year. With say fifty or sixty thousand dollar loans, pretty good business. Yep. Uh, set up so the opportunity's there if, if I do want to get rid of it, but it's it's hard to get rid of your first baby, isn't yeah, it? For sure, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. So what? How many people was the um, Southwind good for? So the Southwind was five plus one. Yep. So we'd only ever take four with live baiting, three with luring. Preference was two doing specialist lure charters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And what's the cat good for? Uh, it was seven plus one when we bought it. It's now ten plus two. Yeah. So yeah, uh, having ten clients on the back deck, two crew. Uh, I don't like having a decky mm-hmm. uh, at the moment. Um, I enjoy running it by myself. I've, I've always been on the back deck of boats, so yeah, I love being out there. So a decky sort of gets in the road at the moment, but mm-hmm. um, in time, um, just Find for clients. Yeah, just just for a little bit. Um, yeah, a little bit more enjoyment on the back of that deck, um, a little bit more ease, we'll, we'll put a deck on. Yeah. So, is there many wreck fishing days for you? No. So, yesterday was the first day since we went out, which oh, would have been... The last time the Scouts been out, New before New Year's last year. Yeah. Yeah. So, we went out jigging of all things yesterday. Yeah. And I don't want to do another recreational day. <laughs> it's easier just showing clients what to do and then handing the rod over. Yeah. Doing it yourself, that just hurts. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, that's the, that's the one downside people would see. 
but I don't see it as a downside because I get more enjoyment out of taking other people fishing than doing it yourself. Yeah. Uh, you get to that stage where, you know, catching a fish doesn't really enjoy. Mm -hmm. it, it's not the enjoyment level that it used to be. Mm -hmm. um, but seeing people shake and struggle with, with big fish, um, yeah, that, that's and then way the better. And the look on their face afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Some of them give a tear. <laughs> so that's all the good things. That, has it always been easy? Yeah, it's never been hard. Yeah. Um, I think that's more my mentality. I've, I've always been pretty laxy-daisy and things tend to go my way, luckily. Yeah, um, could always be worse. Got someone looking down on me, but um, yeah, yeah, I've just um, made things easy. So you go with the flow and, and build what you can. Yeah. Has the industry sort of developed as well in the time that you've been on the water? Yeah, not really. Um, yeah. it's, it's pretty stagnant where it is, to yeah. be honest. Um, there's a few guys that have gone out and branched doing these, um, you know, new popping and GT sort of charters, but um, trying to get 200 days a year doing that sort of stuff, they're going to find that they will struggle. Mm -hmm. um, and some have sort of struggled and, and, and died off now, yeah. um, which is a shame. But it's an industry that just sort of just keeps ticking over. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's enjoyable. Yeah. Is there any advice that you'd give for someone that's keen to get into the industry? Yeah, just just work hard with your fishing and, and the knowledge of it um, is the key. Yeah. Is, um, it a, is it a big ego game? It is at the point of recreational fishing in my mind, like – yeah. Um, there's a lot of wreck anglers out. It's all about the fish for them. Um, once you become a guide, um, whether it's a kid's first barra at 60 centimetres or someone who's caught a 100 barra and they finally get a metery, it's still the same enjoyment out of it. So yeah. it's, not, it's not an ego thing yeah. as such with that. Um, and I've worked under a lot of um, skippers that, that have had that ego. You know, we've got to catch and kill this many fish. And, yeah. Um, it, it doesn't work to anyone, anyone's advantage. Yeah. So. Well, I'll touch on that because um, from the outside looking in, uh, I see yourself and the outfit that you do run is a, you don't have to neck everything that you catch. You know, we've, um, I remember the wreck day that we went for a fish um, and I wanted to neck everything because I just don't get out enough to fish. <laughs> um, and yeah, you were very, you know, There'll always be another one. Yeah. There'll always be another one, you know. And yeah. not only that, the the big fish, I see, um, you know, you seem to be very passionate about meter plus barra and stuff like that getting necked and, yeah. you know, the, the big girls as such. It's it's hard because back when I was younger, I was that sort of person. Mm -hmm. I would neck every single meter barra. Yeah. And we caught thousands. Yeah. Um, and, and looking back, I sort of feel sad about that in the fact that, you know, there's a massive population of barra that we wiped out because we did that. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't enjoy those times. Uh, at the times, I thought it was great. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, going home with five metre plus barra was a, was this big thing. But stop it. In the end, like, what do you get out of that? Yeah. Um, you just get fillets in the freezer. Yeah. Uh, which which die off eventually. Yeah. So the, you know, opening up your freezer doesn't give you any likes or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or any respect in the industry, does it? Opening yeah. up your freezer and having 50 kilo fillets. So, yeah. um, you, you tend to die off with that. Um, I think once you've caught and ticked all your boxes mm -hmm. um, in regards to fish, I think you sort of ease back and, and just enjoy it a bit more. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I was very lucky to fish in Townsville when there was a lot of good years. So I got to do things uh, by the time I was 20 uh, and catch the amount of fish that I did by the time I was 20 that most people wouldn't catch in a lifetime, mm-hmm. especially in this area. It will never happen again. Yep. Um, it was just a mixture of, of what was coming from the ocean and then what was stocked in the dams. And, um, yeah, we had, we had some great years. Yeah. Um, so that won't happen again. Yeah. Do you do much? Empowerment fishing? No, so I don't enjoy the smell of fresh water. <laughs> yeah. I know that sounds stupid, but the the weed smell. Yeah. I'm sure you don't. Uh, after what happened at Bows <laughs> too, but um, but yeah. So I used to do a lot. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought I mastered it up until about 25 years old. Yeah. Um, but then something just switched in my head that made me hate it. Yeah. Right. There's nothing different. Mm-hmm. You're chasing barra. The the one thing that's different. You might get a sooty. Mm-hmm. Well, you might hook a turtle in the bum mm-hmm. or something like that, but nothing changes. Yeah. It's the same thing, whether it's a metre 20, whether it's a metre 5, you get a metre 30. Well, it's, they're still the same fish. Yeah. Um, you don't just get any variety. So yeah. um, that's the difference to fishing saltwater. Yeah. Um, and is that because you think you've just done that much of it? No. I think so. You got over it essentially? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was definitely my mentality. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with um, fish talks or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just what I had. And I think we did it before it sort of became cool. Yeah. We fished fast before it got real big. Um, yeah. You know, we fished the Ross River well before people even thought they were there. Yeah. So we, we did it before it was cool. So when it became cool, it was more like, well, that's just silly. Yeah. Um, and we didn't like it as such. Mm-hmm. So, and I think as a fisherman, you move on to different things and different challenges. Yeah. Um, and that's where moving on to a, being a guide, you then kick into gear even more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So do you think this, um, the Ross Dam getting stocked and possibly, and I say possibly, because, you know, everything's in the in the pipe works, but. Mate, um, if, I, if I could have a dream, I know it just goes against everything I just said, but. <laughs> If the Ross Dam could be as good as the weirs were in, say, 2006, 2007, 2008, uh, that would be just massive for Townsville. Yeah. So it would be the only dam I would fish mm-hmm. um, just because it is your hometown. You'd like to take people up there, and it's a pretty dam. Mm-hmm. Like, we've been up yeah, there. Yeah. We went for a little pre-fish up there. It's like a whole different world up there, eh? Yeah. 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 Well, I've been to Faust and I've been to the Mackay Dams and, and Awonga and they just don't interest me. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about that Ross River Dam. So um, I probably would. I don't think as a guide, um, I don't think I'd guide up there mm-hmm. uh, unless times got tough or or something clicked in my head that I really wanted to. Yeah. Um, I think I could do like sightseeing tours up there. I think that would be awesome. That would be massive. Yeah. Massive. Like, I think that would be a great idea. Mate, that – so the last time we went up there and had a like we're allowed to have fish was good. The time before that, when we stocked it, uh, just driving around and just looking, like yeah, you could, you, you. I was going to say you could get lost up there for hours, yeah. but I don't want to use that term. You could yeah. be up there for hours and yeah. get lost if that might, you know, yeah. like yeah, you, you tune out a hundred percent. So. Plenty of turtles. It does. There's plenty of turtles, plenty of eels, plenty of red claw. Mm. Um, there's good life up there. It's mm. just a matter of getting the barra there and then making sure they don't go over the dam when we have a yep. have a rain event. So once that's all settled. Yeah. And we make sure that we do the right thing so that we can get on the dam. Yes. Got to say that. Yes, that's yes. a big thing. Um, as a community, not just as fishos, but, yeah. you know, because it's got to open up to There's more, yeah. more economic value in that dam than people think. Oh, 100%. Um, 
yeah, it's it's just fishing's just the start. Mm. Um, Definitely. It could be world class. Yeah, and it's just up the road. Yeah. Knock off work, go up for a couple of hours, have a fish. Yeah. It's well, in the fresh kind of like, like my daughter loves snorkeling. Yeah. That damn snorkelable on, on good winds. Mm-hmm. Well, that water is still two metres clean. Yeah. So, you know, nothing is dangerous in there. Mm-hmm. So you could go and snorkel with the turtles and the eels and, yep. and do that sort of stuff. So yeah. having that option um, is great. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, if, if it could get the fishing stocks get like they used to be, mm-hmm. um, it'll be world class. Yeah. I think the barrier stocking guys are you know, definitely yeah, moving forward. really it. well. Having um, a flood last year didn't really help anyone. No, no that ruined everything, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and I think everyone will un- agree to that. Yeah. Um, but that's, uh, that's, that's nature. That yeah, well, that's, that's so, the way it works. But we've just got to be ahead of that next time is to know that mm-hmm. there will be a mesh put up 100 yeah. metres from the dam and make sure we don't get any spillage overflows with them. So yeah, And it's hard with the way the dam is, but, but hopefully they can fix that. Yeah, 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 100%. Um, and, and not only that, like it was enough that they went over the dam all and then every single year and out, like, you yeah. know, it's not as if they went over there and now they're in the Ross. But the salt, yeah, the salt, um, the salt water fishery out there is going to be better for it. Yes. But that doesn't help yeah. the poor guys that have spent hours upon hours stocking the dams. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not the stocking, it's the the behind the doors oh, yeah. sort of the scene. Oh, yeah, the stocking, you know? it's the, the fun bit. Yeah, that's that's where yeah. we get involved and mm. we, we just go have a good day. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah. The, the poor guys that have set it all up. Yeah. You know, endless. But that's, you know. I guess that's they knew what they were getting. You know. Oh, hundred percent, and and yeah, and and they, and they keep persevering, they get which little, is great. Yeah, yep, yep. yeah, it's so, good. Um, so, had a bit of a going back. We just got a bit sidetracked there and yep. dam fishing. Um, uh, so business pretty steady. Got into Audacity, um, running out of the big boat now. Yep. Uh, someone's just rocked up, but we're shut, so it's okay. Do you want to, I'll go for a wee break and. You can go for a wee, I'm not serving them though. Oh, aren't you? No. Oh, well, you no, don't worry about it then. No, no, no I'll just pause it. I need to. <laughs> I just thought I'd be nice and just give you an excuse to get up and serve someone. No, I've got no shoes on. So. <laughs> Do, you got want to Do you want to borrow some? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so you talk about there not being many lows, but obviously it's 365 days in a year. Yeah, and they can't all be glamour weather or good enough weather to go out. Yeah, what um, what do you what do you have to do mentally and just as a business to set yourself up for that? Obviously, um, I've tried to make a rule on these podcasts that we don't talk about what's happening at the moment. Hmm. Uh, but obviously, mate, you and a bunch of other guys basically have had their work taken away from them without yep. any choice for at least the last fortnight. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, if we got down to the real kick in the dick sort of chat, like what do you do to sustain um, your business through these times and those shit weather times? Yeah. Yeah, so basically you just the reason we charge what we charge is because you've got a limited amount of days on the water. Um, people, oh, people so it's not for that Lambo? No, 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 the Lamborghini sits there, but oh. I, don't, I don't like it because it hasn't got a tow ball. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so you just – you charge what you charge, so you've got a rainy day problem uh, or no problem in a rainy day as such. Yep. And so, then obviously there's maintenance and stuff that needs yeah, to be done anyway. Yeah, there's always little stuff. Yep. Um, I could put another 10 grand into the small boat tomorrow. Yeah. Um, if I only knew someone who had a fiberglass business that could supply it cheap, Mm-mm. do the work. Don't know, but don't know how you are. 
but yeah, there's there's always something to do with boats. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of wreck fishermen will realise that when they play with their boats, mm-hmm. there's always something they could do to their boat. Yeah. Well, we use the boat 200 days a year. Um, they're in way worse conditions than most recreational fishermen's yeah, yeah. boats. You know, like there's always something. Mm-hmm. I say worse condition. I don't mean it that way, but but yeah, there's always something. Yeah, it gets um, used more. Yeah, every 20 days. Um, you're on water, you've got to do something to your boat. So you look at a we're taxi. the same, but we can do that in three weeks. Yeah. You look at a taxi compared, like you look yes. at a Camry taxi compared to a Camry of the same year. Yeah. And the taxi's always rugged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, they've just got to be solid and do the job. That's yeah. the key. Um, it's not about being pretty. Yeah. Uh, I think that's something we failed with. With audacity, we tried to make it pretty, and it is pretty, but. Mm-hmm. We've got to remember to tone it back a little bit and yeah. that it is a fishing boat. Yeah. Um, you know, its sole purpose is to go out and just catch fish. Yeah. Uh, and show people a good time. It doesn't need to look mm-hmm. dead sexy. So, yeah. Um, it does look terrible. It's amazing. It looks good at the moment. <laughs> Another six months of operating, it might look a bit more run down than what it does, but, but no, it's good. Yeah. So, so you, um, would you say you're living your dream? Yeah. Yeah, you could say that. Um, Probably two years' time, if all goes well, mm-hmm. that's where I'd be, yep. living a dream. Paint me that picture. Um, so that picture would be two or three boats. Mm-hmm. Uh, still run one myself. I don't want to get into that management, having other people and relying on other people. I'd run one myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. great. You should yeah, get yeah, into it's it. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Managing ten boats, I reckon. <laughs> Uh, buy a business, come in and talk to the public every day. Yes, yes, that's perfect. It's good. Uh, it's only, it can only be better if you worked with kids and animals. De- look, depending on what day you come in to buy the finish. <laughs> yeah, so I'd love to be at the stage where, and I love Camp Island, even though I'm not in business with Camp Island as such, I'd love Camp Island to be home. wanting a boat mm-hmm. and having a boat there for 100 days a year that it can pay itself off and I can put a guide uh, on that boat and then out of Townsville I can run the big Audacity 37-footer and and a, not a barrel-style boat, but we look at about an eight-metre centre console with, you know, big twins on the back and, mm-hmm. and set that up so we could do it as crossover. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could go out the reef on good days with, with six clients on board, but it can also go down and, and do barrow fishing. Yep. Um, very shallow draft on them, but could still handle the chops. So yep. We know which boat we want. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, of uh, you know, the world getting back to normal and um, us getting being able to take clients out. So, 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. So do you think, um, you know, you said that in two years you'd be living your dream. Mm. So... If you asked me January 1st this year mm-hmm. how long you think it would take, uh, I would have told you four years. Mm-hmm. But the um, the fishing we had, the amount of clientele and interest we had, um, the bookings we had um, or still have into the future already is like 10 times more than what we thought. Yeah. Um, and as long as we're providing what we provided in that first two months this year, if we keep doing that, uh, it may only be a year's time. People still supporting you through these times, mate? Like a lot of people yeah, pulling so out? It, no, so no one's really pulled out. Everyone so far that put deposits down uh, for our big boats has said when we're back on track. So I think that's the good thing with um, with Townsville and, and how people are. Do you, reckon the, um, do you reckon the first couple of trips out after all this sort of 
lesser people fishing certain areas is going to create some whopping trips? Yeah, I can see the first first trip out is going to be amazing. <laughs> um, it won't be on the books. It won't be a uh, fishing charter. It'll just be a recreational day where all of us boys just get out there and and have an absolutely epic trip overnight. Um, is that because you've forgotten how to do it all? Exactly. Yeah. You've you got to remember. Gotta go. And it's, 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 we laugh about it, but it's the same with barra fishing. If yeah. you just have two weeks off, that first trip to go back, is sometimes uh, a struggle. Yeah, got to get the monkey it, off your back. Yeah, so sometimes it'll take you three or four hours before you can click. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but the reef fishing's a little bit different. We've got some spots out there, enough spots out there that we know that they'll be filthy with mm. fish yep. in six months' time. Yeah. Um, you leave them for a month and go back and just see the different population of fish that are there within a month. Yeah. Um, like I try and manage my spots really well. Mm-hmm. And, and if you, you give it a month off, the next trip's great. Yeah. So give yep. it six months off. <laughs> well, so. I've I've uh, personally given the whole region six months off at the moment, mate. Yep. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> That's the way you should be. After April, it'll be seven months off. <laughs> I'm trying to do my part for the for the ecosystem, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, sweet. So two years, that's that's pretty good. And you've obviously got a lot of um, supportive people around you that, you know, yeah. can help you sort of get to that that level. Yep. Um, yeah, right. So the the little boat gets sold tomorrow, right? Yep. Um, would you would you work with that person to help them get set up? Definitely. Yep. So that was the whole idea with, with getting to Audacity. We knew that um, we'd want another smaller boat in that eight metre range very quickly mm-hmm. um, if everything went well. So that that leaves the little barra boat, like specialised barra boat free mm-hmm. for anything. So we, we're at two options, whether we hire a guide mm-hmm. or we look at selling it to to someone who, who is keen. Um, I like the selling it to someone who's keen for the mere fact that all our advertising still has AFS on it, all mm-hmm. our big boats, mm-hmm. every, everything... Uh, web pages, everything, is, they still have AFS there and I would push all our Barra clients onto that. Um, and then the, the bigger boat we have as a crossover would just be uh, more for my clients and um, that I've kept over the years, specialist clients that want to fish with me as such. Yeah. Uh, there's not that many of them. I'm not very likeable, so. Um, <laughs> I can't say that at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, but, yeah, I'll keep some of those clients, but then the rest of them I would push, and then we'd be doing our own advertising for AFS as such. So, yeah, um, yeah you, they're looking to jump in straight into 100 to 150 days a year, depending on their yeah. skill level, obviously. Um, Does a good fisher make a good guide? I don't want to get you in trouble here, but obviously. No. No? No. Well, well you need to be a good fisher, for mm. starters. But they're an animal, so you need to, and you touched on it before, that you can't change what they, what's going through their head. Yeah. Um, so you've got to learn their ways, and I, I think the only way to do that is to be a good fisher. But, um, but in the same regard, the best fisherman doesn't make a good guide. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of fishermen out there that are great fishermen that I could think of no one worse than putting them on my boat yeah. and giving clients to go out with them. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot that are mediocre fishermen that I would go, well, a couple of months training mm-hmm. and they would jump on, they'd be perfect. Yeah. So, 
and then it's up to them individually uh, where they want to go as a guide. Yeah. Um, so your skill level to to your knowledge is is, is a personal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something you can't really train into someone because uh, it is nature. So you've got to click and and got to learn it yourself. Yeah. So you can sit there and teach people as much as you want, and you can read as many books and watch as many movies, and it's not going to happen if if you're not willing. If um something you've touched on when we've been on the boat together, and I've sort of talked to you about a lot of stuff that you know you would have loved to do this same sort of podcast on the boat, but the time the thing you just keep coming back to is just time on the water. Hundred percent time on the water. Hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I say that in, in a couple of regards, like time on the water as a recreational fishing, not learning, fisherman not learning much mm-hmm. is a waste of time. So yeah. you've got to embrace that time on the water and learn from it. Yeah. A lot of fishers just don't get it. They just think they had a bad day. Yeah. They don't realise what they did wrong. Yeah. Sounder um, interpretation. Everything. Even yeah. even going back to, you've got to go back to basics sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's great having the technology, but if you didn't know how to catch them before technology, mm. you're going to struggle on those, you know, one third of days. Yeah. So people rely too much on the technology. Mm. It's good knowing the barrier there. Yeah. But, yeah, just knowing how to catch them yep. with all your technology on. Sometimes it won't happen. Mm. So you mean sunset photos and screenshot photos yeah, with the sounder whales, mate, yeah. In winter, those whale photos, yeah. they're the best ones. <laughs> <laughs> going down the creek barra fishing but find a whale. Yeah. How's that happen? <laughs> <laughs> it was probably just the photo of me on the front of the scout. <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about that day, hey? <laughs> um, I guess summarising it all up, Adam, like you've already sort of said, in the um, next two years, you hope to we like where you want to be, and um, that would be you living your dream. Yep, uh, which is awesome to hear. Super awesome. I love to support you in any way we can to try and get there. But um, what the only thing I'll touch on as we close is what what can people do at the moment to help you out? Like where obviously they can get a hold of you on Facebook and the website and. All that sort of stuff, but you know, as and and I'm gonna open this up as as the industry, you yeah. know, like so. There's a lot of guides out there. There's a lot of fishing charter businesses and stuff. Like, what, what can people do at the moment? Because obviously, the the only thing you can sort of do is like either reshare or content or just you know talk about stuff. Like, what what could you ask the people to do to help you know you out? Yeah, I, th- I think it's up to each individual as a guide, like I'm talking from a guide's point of view, uh, on their business. Um, some guys are going to struggle. Mm-hmm. There's going to be guys um, that are going to shut down and won't, won't open up again. Mm-hmm. That's that's just what's going to happen. Um, I, I can't really say on anyone else else's business, but like, we're solid. We've, we've got a real good backing, so there's no... Uh, we're not going to struggle. We can yep. go a year in dormant and, and come back stronger than ever. Mm-hmm. The other guys that are struggling, you know, you'd like to say, guys, can you book a book a trip with them in the future? If it's six months down the track, book a book a trip and pay a deposit. But I don't want to get into that as well because I don't want people to pay a two hundred dollar deposit on a charter yeah, and not knowing and, then, and not knowing that they'll deliver. Yeah. So um, I'd like to think that people. Um, you know, financially could maybe pay a smaller deposit mm-hmm. um, to to those businesses. We're quite fine. 
Um, there's no no issue at all with us. So I don't want to be taking deposits for charters. I'm, I'm happy to book days for people yeah. in the future. Um, and so as this, always... So is this the sort of time that you spend on the water now doing a bit of R&R, like a bit of, you know, looking for new ground and... Nah, because, no. well, things things do get tight. Yeah. Um, and with Audacity, you know, you're spending $1,000 worth of fuel to go out and look around. Yeah. But I've got enough areas that that's not... Uh, it's not a need so mm-hmm. um, you know we've got 10,000 marks out there that we fish that that all produce fish and you're welcome by and, the way yeah, yeah no problem yeah, thanks mate yeah. Yeah. I'll rob the scout <laughs> scout had a few good ones there <laughs> that was on demo mate yeah. that was on the shop mate oh, there was fish on one of those yeah. batches <laughs> what a fluke <laughs> but yeah I'd probably like you know even a even a smaller deposit just to help some of the the single boat operators I know without audacity um, I'd probably be struggling with AFS but um but you know the start of the year that we've had has set us up yeah in a, in a good position yeah but um yeah maybe even book out some of the operators just for a day here or there but and put a small deposit down but at the same time you don't want to be booking a big deposit just in case those operators go bust and then you won't see your money so it's it's a difficult one in this time so you think that the industry that you're in um, it's going to be pretty interesting to see what steps are taken for people to diversify. You know, like obviously... Yeah, so you, we've looked into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, through these times you can go into commercial operation and mud crabs and, and reef fish and, and that sort of thing. Um, to get set up and then the industry that's there already, um, yeah. we are then going to push our problem onto the commercial operators. Yeah. So the last thing I want to do is see is go out the reef and catch three ton of, of nanny guy and red emperor, come back, sell it all. And old mate who's been doing it for 20 years now. can't sell or we drop his price. Yeah. So we don't want to see that. I know there's a few down the East Coast that have had to do that. Um, I don't see it as a bad thing if that's what they've got to do to float their business. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see it as a bad thing in regards to the other guys. So I don't want to be sort of part of that. There was yeah. a thought that I could go and do some crabbing. Yeah. I could quite easily do that in our small boat. Uh, coming to the crabbing season, it would be perfect. It would be easy money. Um, but, yeah. Bigger picture. But bigger picture, yeah. yeah. It's not It's not worth the effort. Yeah. You don't want to. I think yeah. a lot of um, going through these times that we are faced with, you know, obviously I don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. Mm. But. I personally feel that the businesses that are most agile and the people, the businesses that are more able to reach out and support others yes. um, will be the business that will prosper so much on the other side of this. Definitely. You know, there's a lot people of- People will remember yeah. a lot of businesses. Yeah. There's a lot of people that, don't get me wrong, as you said, like are going to have a knee-jerk reaction. Like, mate, I had a talk with the missus that we could get back on the tools and I repair stuff. Yeah. That's going to be like, but the, the day that you see me repairing something- we're like dire straits because the relationships that I've built with the people in this industry, repairers, oh, 100%. Not, you're taking their money away. Oh, mate, the, all we want to do is make sure that they're here with us on the other end. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I, I appreciate um, what you said with that. Yeah. Um, you know, it resonates a lot with me and the values that we have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just who would have thought, huh? Mm. I think I think the big picture we've got to look at is two years in two years time. It might be in the next six months that's a struggle. Yeah. But the year and a half after that, if it's all goes if all goes mediocre 
it will bounce back brilliantly. Like, yeah. you know, if our restrictions get lifted from what it is now mm-hmm. to a, a slightly looser restriction, um, we'll bounce back no problem whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I think at the moment we, we're still legally allowed to take a charter mm-hmm. um, as long as it's everyone from the same household or one person. Yeah. But same deal, you, you don't want to just be seen as that one person is just going to load the boat up with so many people from a house and just do that. Yeah. Um, some people will do that. Um, I don't look down on them as that, but but other people will. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you've just got to, you know, there's enough government funding there too and super access and that sort of stuff that if you need to be held up um, just to float a little bit for six months, then you can do it. Yeah. Um, I think people just need to know that the next six months will be hard, but after that, it's going to go boom. Yeah, it's um, got to. Has to. Got to. Yeah, hopefully. So, Fingers crossed. Right, uh, sum if, up. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was going to say, if not, we'll just go fishing. Oh, may as well. You know, a lot of people are learning to, to simplify their life and, and finances now, so if it doesn't change, then a lot of people are going to realise that living off Mate. the land and enjoying it oh, may be better than what 100%. it has been. Hmm. But more to the point, I've just realised something. Fuel is at the lowest it's been in ages in the time that you can't charter. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got two and a half million liters just stacked away now that I bought cheap. So <laughs> hopefully that'll keep us going for a while. It'll be off by then, though. It's <laughs> a bit of booster, mate. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we need. But um, yeah, there's positives in everything. I could always be worse. Definitely. I know that sounds super easy for me to say, but it could always be worse. Yeah, well, we're sitting in here having a drink and a relax and a chat. Mm. Like, you know, once it yep. gets to a stage that we can't do that, then we can sort of worry. Mm. You got swabbed on the way in? So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sweet. I didn't think that anal probing was necessary. But always necessary. It can never, it? Be okay. Too, okay. never be too okay. certain. Yeah, that's what you said when I walked in. I <laughs> <laughs> questioned it a little bit though. <laughs> Last question for this podcast, Adam Finlay from Audacity Charters, chicken crimpies or pizza shapes? Chicken crimpies. Oh, you're a man of my heart. Do people eat pizza shapes? Yeah, do they? I just right. thought they were shelf stackers for when we had cyclones. And Thank you. Yeah. They're still there, actually. All the chicken, chicken crimpies are gone. Oh, pizza ones still there, like really? vegan food. I've got like four packets. I might put them on eBay. No, I'll buy them off you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going home to eat one now. <laughs> Adam Finlay, thank you very much. You can get in touch with Adam. Uh, what's the Facebook uh, under Audacity Charters. Yeah, Audacity Charters, yeah, AFS Instagram. Charters. We're on Instagram as Audacity and AFS. Mm-hmm. Um, Camp Island Lodge is somewhere you can reach out to. Adam yep. will happily tour you around there. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anywhere else? No, I'd like to just keep it to that now. It's I've seen hard how, enough. seen how you use social media, mate. Yeah. It's a struggle, I'll bet. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Have no, a good thank one. Thank you very much. Cheers.